So today we are talking about why you are not there yet, um, which actually was a title picked by you guys, voted on Instagram. And I want to talk a little bit about what that means, because I appreciate that you might be thinking, what on earth is there? So when I say there, what I mean is wherever you want to get to. So if you know that you want to get to um, traveling around the world with your family, being able to work from co-working spaces and coffee shops and being able to hop on flights and know that everything is running in the background, that might be your version of there. Equally, it might be that your version of there is living in a cabin in the middle of woods with your five dogs and retiring at 40, right? So there is going to look different for everybody. So some of my versions of there are to have written a book and to be a practicing psychologist and to have a happy, loving family. Like I have lots of different versions of there, some of them related to business and some of them not. But ultimately, this is your vision. So when I'm talking about why you're not there yet and the gap between where you are now and there, where you want to be, what I'm talking about is that gap between where you are right now, today, this Monday, lunchtime, sat listening to me, compared to where you wish you were, where you want to be, where you kind of imagine yourself being in your dream life. Now, what I will say is, if you're not certain what your there looks like, if you're sat here thinking, I get it, but I don't know what mine is. I don't know where I'm trying to get to. I don't have huge clarity on where I'm trying to go or what's missing. I just, if that feels a bit confusing, I do have a workshop for £25, which is a workshop on mapping out your kind of vision, your dream life, your long-term goals with the business and it uses my methodology for figuring out what your there is so what I will do is I will send the link out if you're watching the replay in the email and um, I'll also put the link in the comments in a moment so for any of you if you're thinking I really love this but I don't know where I'm trying to get to please please go and spend your 25 pounds on that workshop because it is the thing that's going to get you clarity and it's what helped me get my clarity on where I'm going and the reason that this is important is because I Imagine it like you've got Google Maps up. If you say, today I'm trying to get from my house to McDonald's. You put McDonald's in as your destination and it pops up and tells you how long it's going to take you to get there, where you need to go, all your directions. So you get in the car or maybe you're walking and you can see that you're getting closer. You can see that that time is going down from 15 minutes to 10 minutes to five minutes. You can see that you have your there and it's getting closer to you. The problem is, if you don't know where you're going and you don't have that clear vision, what happens is it's it's kind of like you're getting Google Maps up on your phone, but you're just walking around. You haven't put a destination in, so you're just walking and walking. By the end of the day, you're like, I have been walking for eight hours. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I've got blisters. I'm hungry. I'm grumpy. I'm wet because it's raining, as it always is in England. And you're like, I don't think I'm any closer. And the reason is because you didn't put your destination in. And I think a lot of people do this in business because they show up every day, they do all the things, they do their tick list, they show up on stories, they're creating content for a hundred different platforms, they're jumping on that new platform, trying to figure out what it is, they're reaching out to clients, doing all sorts of things. And you get to the end of the day and you think, I'm exhausted, I'm so tired, I can't believe how time consuming this is. But at the same time, you feel like you're not getting closer to where you want to go. And it's the same thing as put, as walking around your village with Google Maps up and not putting your destination in. You can still be tired. You can still be exhausted and still be doing things. doesn't mean you're getting closer. So it's really, really important before you do any of this work 
or alongside doing this work that you get really clear on what your vision is and where you're trying it to go. So when I'm talking about there, that's what I'm referring to. So the reason that I've picked this as our topic is because you guys know that I love talking about mindset, psychology, emotional intelligence. And as much as I love strategy and I've always been someone who is very into business um, and I've been in the kind of business world for like over 10 years now and I love that side of things. What I have learned from personal experience, but also from like my education in psychology and all the other things, working with clients, hundreds of clients over the years, is that strategy without the emotional intelligence, the mindset, the psychology is effectively pointless because you can have an amazing strategy, but if you don't have the other side of it, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's a bit like, apologies for all the analogies. <laughs> I won't do this the whole training I promise but it's a bit like having a really nice shiny car you've got like a new Bentley set on the drive but you don't know how to drive it that's kind of how I see strategy without the mindset and the other stuff because it's like you can have an incredible strategy it might be a strategy that got somebody else eight figures it might be a strategy that is perfect and it's really kind of up to date it's looking at all the new trends and the new social medias and all of the things but if you don't know how to drive the car all you've got is a shiny car sat on the drive. It's not actually living its purpose. And that's the same with the strategy. You can have a shiny strategy sat in your Asana or your Trello or your ClickUp or wherever you hang out. But if you don't know how to use it and you don't know how to um, bring the human alongside that strategy and you're not going to cope with the ups and downs that come with implementing that strategy because there will be ups and downs, you are effectively, you've just got a nice shiny car sat on the drive that you can't drive. Um, so all of this stuff is really, really important. And I love to talk about it. I love to show you guys how important it is. So I am going to draw on some different psychology studies in this. Um, if you are someone who loves to hear where, where these studies are from and you love doing your own research, please do reach out because I have a list of the uh, resources that I can send out to you. But day to day, what happens is we run on autopilot a lot of the time. Now, this is helpful for us. I do want to say this. Your brain, a lot of the time, is just trying to help you. It's trying to protect you from things or it's trying to save you uh, time and things like that. And it is trying to help you most of the time, if not all the time. And so when we're running on autopilot, what's happening is we're stuck in our subconscious programming. Um, and studies have shown that we probably use around 5% consciously. And the rest is in a subconscious state. So brain scans have shown that we only operate around 5% of our day in a conscious state. And I really want you to take that in because if you think about 5% of your day, it's a really, really small amount of your day that is actually getting your conscious awareness and attention. The rest of our day is just kind of like we're programmed and we're just like doing it because this is what we always do. Um, and, it, you know, examples of this are things like driving to work. You might get to work and think, how did I even get here? I don't even remember turning left or turning right or stopping at those traffic lights. And you might start thinking, oh, my gosh, did I even stop at the traffic lights? Did I run a red light? Did I go 60 mile an hour in a 30? Like you just you don't even know because you don't remember. And that's because you've done that journey so many times. Your brain is like, oh, we can do this one on autopilot. And the reason that it does that is purely to save you time energy stress because we only have a certain amount of brain capacity for making things like decisions day to day um i'm sure if you have been with like a screaming baby for 24 hours a day you will know what i mean when i say our brains really struggle to be on and aware and actively thinking and making decisions 24 7 like it's just not sustainable it's overwhelming for us as humans we need time to just like breathe and to 
cope with the day-to-day stresses and so if we're on switched on and making conscious decisions every single minute of the day like we just wouldn't cope as humans and so although five percent sounds quite shocking and quite a small amount it's actually really helpful for us because if we were making decisions every five seconds we just we would really struggle and so it avoids this sort of decision fatigue which is really helpful in business because we have to make a lot of decisions And so we want to save as much of our attention and energy as we can for the important things. So actually, if you are on autopilot as you're making your breakfast or as you're getting dressed or as you're driving to your co-working space or to your part-time job or wherever you're going, although it can feel a bit scary to look back and think, I can't even remember how I got here. Actually, that might be helping reserve your energy for more important things like going to your child's parents' evening or like making that big decision in your business or whatever else you might be working on right now. So it's a helpful thing, but the problem is because only a few of our choices are actively being made by us, it means that a lot of our day is just happening without us thinking. Whereas being an entrepreneur, running a business is something that psychologists call a self-organizing act. And what that means is it's something that you have to take an active stance on in order to pursue things that you want to get done. You have to set goals. And then you have to go in the pursuit of those goals to fulfill your personal vision. So a self-organizing act is basically a thing that you need to take the action to do. It's not going to happen without you. It's not going to happen automatically. It's not going to happen by luck. You as the business owner, the entrepreneur, have to organize yourself to get the act done. And those two things you can see are kind of at odds with each other, right? Because if we're saying that entrepreneurship is something where you need to be switched on, you need to actively be making your decisions day to day. But then our brain is saying, but we only do 5% because we're on autopilot for everything else. Those things can become at odds and they can not be best friends. Let's put it that way, because then what happens is you you wake up in the morning and you think, I know that entrepreneurship is a self-organizing act. I know that if I want to write that book, get to that million followers, um, sign those 10 new clients, I know that if I want to do all those things, I have to take the action. I have to use my brain to consciously make these decisions and be very aware in the moment of what I'm deciding to do, what I'm putting my time and energy towards. But then your day runs on this automatic autopilot program that your brain thinks is the right thing for you. It can lead to day after day of you constantly feeling like, as I described earlier, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're doing all the things, you're ticking off these really long to-do lists, but you're not actually getting closer to where you want to go. A lot of that comes down to the autopilot we are running on, right? And so a study had a look at some entrepreneurs to see how much action they took and actually found that 69% of entrepreneurs in a study took little or no action in the year following stating their intention to engage in startup activities. So they had an intention and they said, I know that this is a self-organizing act. I need to do X, Y, Z if I want to achieve X, Y, Z. But 69% of them did virtually nothing in the following year. So you can see that these two things, as much as entrepreneurship is something that we have to make active decisions on, our brain is kind of sabotaging us a little bit unintentionally, right? So it feels like being an entrepreneur and our natural brains that are trying to run on autopilot are kind of fighting with each other. And this, I really wanted to emphasize this before we got stuck in because so many people say to me like, oh, I just wish I could get more done or I wish I was more organized. I wish I had more time. Why am I like this? Why do I do this? I don't know why I've done this. And we typically are very hard on ourselves or the the flip side of that is sometimes people blame other people. 
they're like oh this this person's fault or it's because I wasn't born into wealth it's because of this because of this this person did this this person signed with somebody else instead of me and that's their fault otherwise I would have been fine and we can sometimes blame others or we can blame ourselves but ultimately it's not about blame our brain is just trying to do what it has done for so many years and this is just slightly at odds with that and that's okay we can get around that but blaming isn't going to help anybody because it's a natural thing it's not that you're lazy or that you are self-sabotaging or procrastinating necessarily it might just be that your brain is operating on autopilot to help you but actually hindering you in the process so why why do we have these intention action gaps we have an intention to do something our action doesn't quite follow through and so there is a gap between the two they have found three main reasons why there is this intention action gap. And this is why the 69% of people that I mentioned on the previous slide didn't do what they said they were going to do. So the first one is doubt. So this looks like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin. I don't know which social media platform to use. I don't know what people want from me. I want to work with somebody, but I don't know which coach to go with. It's a lot of those like I don't knows. So that's the first one. The second one is fear. And this is more about the fear of loss. And we all know how important the fear of loss is. This is why people talk about scarcity a lot. This is why that's used in marketing, because fear of loss is really, really important when it comes to us making decisions. If we fear potential loss, we are likely to stay stuck. Um, so this might be, oh, what if I lose it all? What if it all goes wrong? What if nobody signs up? What if everyone wants a refund? It's all of those like worst case scenarios of things that could happen ultimately failure that's kind of what that fear is and the third one is aversion so this is more around avoiding things because they're just not fun you don't know how to do it or you don't want to do it it's really boring it's mind-numbing this might be things like um you don't want to do the admin because it's like super boring so you just don't you don't do it and there's a gap between your intention and your action it might be things like oh i don't know how to use systems so i just i can't do that bit your aversion of some kind. So those are the three things that typically stop your intention and your action aligning. So doubt, fear, and aversion. And maybe you can think of some examples of this. If I said to you, what's something that you would love to do that you haven't done right now? And why haven't you done it? Your why is probably going to fit into doubt, fear, or aversion. So these are all avoidance-oriented emotions, and they cause difficulties in the implementation or action phase. So these are the emotions that stop you from actioning the things that you want to do. And the reason that I've highlighted the word emotion here is because that's what these things are. The aversion, doubt and fear are avoidance oriented emotions. So what we're saying there is actually the reason that a lot of entrepreneurs have goals, have visions, but don't take the actions to get there. And so there is this gap between what you want and what you have is down to emotions. Not strategy, not a new social media platform, not a brand new shiny photo shoot. Emotions, right? Emotion is likely the thing that is getting in your way. And I love this quote that I actually saw in a psychology study that I was reading. Entrepreneurship is not a career where everything goes smoothly and without difficulties. 
And we know this, right? We know that there is this emotional roller coaster that we are quite often on. There are difficult conversations to be had, big decisions that only you can make. There are so many things that come hand in hand with being an entrepreneur, which is an amazing journey, by the way. Like I love being an entrepreneur, but there are lots of things that are going to happen that mean it's not going to be smooth. It's not going to be simple. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be without its challenges. And we know that and we're here anyway doing it. So what do we do? If we know that it's not all going to be easy and it's going to come with challenges, and we also know that those challenges can stop us doing what we want to do, how do we keep ourselves on track rather than getting into this cycle of wanting something, but then having the fear, having the emotions that stop us from doing it and then feeling frustrated because we haven't done it and we go around in this cycle where we are exhausted all of the time and busy all of the time, but not getting closer to where we want to be? The answer for me has been my emotional toolkit. And I call it this because that's kind of what it is for me. It's in the same way that my boyfriend has his physical toolkit that he takes to work. I have this emotional toolkit that I have worked on over the years that is available to me in those moments. So if I'm feeling fear, if I'm feeling that I'm comparing myself to somebody, if I wake up and feel like I'm just feeling particularly anxious or nervous or on edge, or if I've got to have a hard conversation with somebody, if I've got to tell someone I don't want to work with them anymore, if I've got to tell a client they're pushing my boundaries, if I've got to increase my prices, like all of these things I need my emotional toolkit for. And this is something that I have developed over the years and it has been so much more powerful than any strategy that I have ever used or seen anybody use. And I want to show you what the emotional toolkit looks like. So this is what is in my emotional toolkit. Growth mindset, self-concept, identity, resilience, grit, and confidence. So what do all of these things look like? So growth mindset, I have talked about quite a lot before. So you might've heard me uh, dive into this in more depth, but a growth mindset is effectively the mindset that you need to be a successful entrepreneur. If you have a fixed mindset, you are going to struggle with the day-to-day -day running of a business. People with a fixed mindset, they don't like to do things that they are not good at. They don't like the possibility of failing. They um, don't like looking silly so they're not prepared to like step out of their comfort zone someone with a growth mindset is like let's just give it a go if I do badly that's okay I'm going to learn from it and I'll try again and I'm going to improve I'm not scared of failure because I know that I need to try new things in order to get where I want to go if I'm not very good at this straight away that's fine I'm not meant to be good at it straight away it's meant to take time for me to practice and to get there so that is kind of the difference between a growth and a fixed mindset and you can see how important this is if you are someone with a fixed mindset Every single day is going to be a challenge to you and you are going to take everything very, very personally because you're going to internalize it and think, oh, I wasn't naturally good at that thing, so I shouldn't do this. I didn't sell any of my offers in the first five minutes of it going live. Everyone hates me. That is what a fixed mindset looks like. And ultimately, it is not going to be fun and it's probably not going to be sustainable because with the ups and downs and the challenges that come with running a business like we just identified, someone with a fixed mindset is going to feel really stuck all of the time. So a growth mindset is really what you need there. Self-concept, I'm going to come on to in a moment, so I won't go on to that too, uh, too in depth. Resilience, I don't know why these numbers are jumping all over the place, by the way. I've just realized it goes one, two, five, three, four, six. I promise I can count. Um, resilience is something that actually is taught in a lot of schools now because they've seen how impactful it is with um, stopping young people from actually developing mental health problems. They've actually shown that more resilience is 
um, a protective factor in things like that. So in business, resilience can look like being able to deal with those hard things. Someone gives you feedback. How are you going to take that? Are you going to look at that and think that's really helpful feedback that I can implement and get better next time? Or are you going to think, oh, my God, this person said something mean about me. I'm going to go cry and I don't think I can do this anymore. And I want to put it all in the bin and I'm never launching again. Resilience is going to be the thing that keeps you standing up when you want to run away. Grit. Grit is something. Um, there's a really good book on this written by a psychologist. Um, and ultimately, it is the perseverance that comes with having to run a business. It's the showing up every single day. It's the not letting things knock you back not being able to um or sorry being able to cope with setbacks and not taking it personally you will see that a lot of these things are interlinked but they are all separate skills uh confidence obviously we all know what confidence is and identity this is one that i do not see talked about enough it is really really important because your identity is going to shift very very often as a business owner you might go from being somebody who refers themselves as just someone with a side hustle or someone who is a mumpreneur, someone who makes a little bit of cash on the side, and then fast forward 12 months and you're running a six-figure business, your identity is going to feel like, you're going to feel like one person living somebody else's life. And that is going to continue to shift as your business, you know, improves or gets bigger and better, or the opposite. If you have a 10K month and then you go back to 3K months, again, there's going to come with some sort of identity questioning and you're going to be like who am I am I the person who earns 10k months am I the person who is on the front cover of the daily mail or am I the person who can barely pay rent this month it is going to come up and it is going to trip you up unless you work on this stuff so this is what is in my emotional toolkit and all of these are the things that I use on a day-to-day -day basis to help me grow my business to help me stay emotionally regulated to help me show up for my clients to help me deal with the challenges and stop me from getting to that point where I want to give it all up so let's use self-concept as an example, because I appreciate that these are things that it's sometimes hard to, like you get them, you understand them and you can understand, well, of course, confidence is going to help me, but how does it help me practically? So let's look at self-concept as an example of how that links to something like comparison, because this is something that I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, that sense of this person is doing better than me. How do I get the result that that person has? I'm scrolling on social media and these people have got everything that I want that I don't have. The imposter syndrome as well of like, oh, am I going to get caught out? Am I a fraud? You know, all those kinds of feelings that are the most common things that come up for me when I have conversations with entrepreneurs. So how can something from the emotional toolkit, something like self-concept, be linked to this most common struggle that entrepreneurs face? So self-concept is made up of a couple of different things, but two of those are the self-image and ideal self. Now, your self-image is how you see yourself. And your ideal self is who you want to be. Now, what can happen is these two things can be incongruent, can't speak, and that can mess with your self-concept. So an example of this could be that you see yourself as somebody who is a procrastinator. You think, I really want to get these things done, but anytime I have to, I'm delaying it, I'm procrastinating, I'm putting it off. I'm just like, I'm saying I'll do it today and then I say I'll do it tomorrow and then I'll do it the next day and I still haven't done it. And I am just someone who is a procrastinator. That might be how you'll see yourself. That's your self-image. However, your ideal self, if I said to you, who do you want to be? You might say, I'm a really organized person who gets shit done. Like I am efficient. People look at me and they say, wow, I wish I, I, wish I was as efficient and organized as her. Now, what's happening there is your self-image 
the way you see yourself currently and your ideal self, the way that you want to be seen, are not aligned. Now, what happens then is your self-concept is wobbly. You don't have a solid self-concept because those two things are not congruent with each other. And what happens then is you feel off. You feel this kind of sense of like something is off, something's not right. I don't feel like I'm living in alignment. I'm not in line with my values. Something just feels really off. And it's because you're saying one thing, but doing another effectively. It's kind of like if you imagine the extreme end of the scale, let's say your self-image is um, I'm an alcoholic, but your ideal self is I'm sober. You can see how living day to day is going to feel really stressful really overwhelming because it's like you're carrying these two polar opposite thoughts in your mind one of them is what you want to be one of them is how you currently see yourself and they are not supporting each other they're at odds with each other they're fighting with each other and you can see how going day to day that might lead to some issues you might feel insecure because you're thinking I really want to be this but I'm so far from it so I really don't like myself I'm feeling really insecure in myself you might feel like an imposter because you might meet people and say oh yeah I really want to be sober but you know that behind the scenes you're drinking. So you might feel like, oh, I'm going to get caught out. You might feel like you're comparing yourself because you're looking around at all these other people who are saying, I am sober and you can't say that yet. And so you're comparing yourself, wishing you were like that. And you can see that this distance between your self-image and your ideal self and that incongruence between them can really lead to these other mindset issues like comparison, insecurity, imposter syndrome, lack of confidence, and so what actually we're saying here is if you work on bringing your self-image and your ideal self in line, in alignment, your self-esteem is going to improve. You're going to have an overall congruent self-concept and that comparison is going to disappear. And I know this sounds too good to be true, but just think about it. If let's say using, again, this extreme example of wanting to be sober, but currently being an alcoholic you are not going to know how to show up in the world. Especially if your Instagram and your business is linked to that in the same way that a lot of us are linked to our businesses. Are you going to go up online and say, hey guys, here's how to be sober when behind the scenes you're drinking. When you introduce yourself to people and they say, oh, do you want a drink? You're going to think, I don't know, do I? Because part of me wants that, part of me doesn't. It's, it's making your whole life feel really fuzzy and confusing and complicated and your sense of identity is going to feel all over the place. And this is exactly what happens on a less extreme level in business. People say, oh, well, I want to be someone who is really, really confident in my ability to get things done and to be really efficient and really organized. And therefore, I'm going to be a virtual assistant. But your self-image is, I procrastinate everything. How hard is it then going to be to show up online and say to people, organization is everything, when you know that you don't see yourself as an organized person? How are you going to create content easily from a place of, the best thing you can do is be organized and efficient, work with me and I'll help you when you know that in your life, you don't have that yourself. It's constantly feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to get caught out. Of course you feel like that because your, your self-image and yourself, your ideal self are at odds with each other. They are fighting. And so it leads to all these like icky feelings of comparison, insecurity, imposter syndrome, and you carry that with you day to day and it makes it so much harder to run your business. And so you can see that if you actually brought your self-image and your ideal self together and you were able to say, I want to be someone who is really organized and efficient. And so therefore I'm a virtual assistant. And guess what? I am organized and efficient. I am a living, breathing example of how important this work is. 
I am my own living testimonial because I'm so organized and so efficient that my life is XYZ. And it's then very easy for you to sell that to other people. It's very easy for you to sign clients because you are embodying the very thing you are selling. It's easy to write content because you're not having to pretend to be anything else. You're just writing from your own honest experience. And of course, with that, your comparison, your insecurity, your imposter syndrome is going to start to lessen. So this is how something from the emotional toolkit, like your self-concept, is actually really tightly intertwined with some of the things you might be dealing with on a day-to-day basis that are stopping you taking that action. Because if we go back and we look at why there is this difference between your intention, the things you want to do, and the action, one of them was fear. And let's not forget that all of them were emotions. So it makes sense that if we work on our emotions using our emotional toolkit and we work on things like our self-concept so that it lessens our imposter syndrome and our fear and our comparison, then we're lessening one of these things. We're, We're starting to work on how we can overcome this doubt, this fear, this aversion. And so if we overcome those things with our emotional toolkit, you're closing the intention action gap and then you are going to be someone who has the intention of doing something and then does it. So can you see how all of these things are really interlinked with each other and make a really big difference to each other?